Hey everyone, welcome back to the Arrow Fans UK episode review podcast. I am your host Bradley, joined as always by my co-host Corey. Hello Corey. Hey everyone. This week we're talking about episode 16. It was called Checkmate. We'll try and avoid doing any chess puns because they are terrible, all of them. Um, but let's get straight into it. Corey, what do you think of the episode? Really good episode in short. Um, I, th- I think probably it's second best we've had this season behind the mid-season finale i am in complete agreement with that this was a really strong episode almost i don't want to say surprisingly so because we knew sort of going into this prometheus arc and what they've done with it so far that it had the the capability and the potential to be something as strong and dark as and intense as this was and yet I still kind of found myself thinking, oh, wow, they're actually doing this. They're actually managing to go this dark and and go this deep into sort of analysing Oliver's psychological uh, state right now with Prometheus here. And they're doing it really well. Um, So that was somewhat surprising to me. Um, But yeah, this was a really, really strong episode. Uh, And I was really impressed by it. Yeah, same here. I think um, I think perhaps one of the things they got spot on here was having Oliver discover um, the identity of Prometheus so early. It set the episode up really nicely, I think, um, because in the past you could have perhaps, well, it, you know, they they could have had that strong along for a few episodes, or it, at best kind of um have the reveal towards the end of the episode so but i think by kind of um getting it right out getting out there right off the bat really kind of set the episode out on a strong foundation and um well they just totally made the most of it from there yeah and we have had that before haven't we where uh we learned malcolm was the dark archer mid-season finale season one and oliver didn't learn about malcolm until uh it it was all, it was after um, Dead to Rights. I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was pretty late in the season. So there was a long gap in there. Um, that worked, obviously. But yeah, I think the thing here was that I didn't really expect him to learn pre t- pre credit um, that Prometheus was Adrian Chase. But I'm not really surprised they went in that direction because ultimately, you look at this episode and. You can't do any of it, really, without Oliver knowing who Prometheus is and having that angle. And them being able to... Uh, I was going to say them being able to taunt each other. Oliver being able to be... Sorry, Chase ta- being, able to, being able to taunt Oliver. And Oliver being able to sort of react to it and and process it. You, you couldn't do that if you'd just got Oliver talking to the masked Prometheus not knowing who he is. No, absolutely not. I um, I think Chase perhaps kind of summed it up best when he said um, he likes a better this way with everything out in the open, or where's that effect? Hmm. Yeah, so do I. And I think it's almost going a little bit meta in that Arrow here works, and, and I don't mean to say that this would be the case all of the time, um, as I mentioned the Malcolm situation, but um, it's it's almost meta in the sense that Arrow here worked a lot better and preferred to be able to deal with these characters when it could openly admit to everyone involved who they were. 
So yes, they could have done it where we just knew for a couple of weeks, but the show has clearly benefited from Oliver knowing virtually immediately at the start of this episode. Yeah, no, um, definitely. So once Oliver uh, learns, obviously, from Talia uh, that Chase is Prometheus, we get a lot of back and forth between them. In fact, most of this episode is in some way a back and forth between Oliver and Adrian. It's very narrowly focused in that, and I think that that also worked to the episode's benefit. I think there, you know, there are extra strands on there. There are the flashbacks. There's Felicity and there's sort of individual Oliver stuff that's going on as a result of the Chase stuff. But it's it's mostly just Chase, as you said before, um, before we jumped on, goading Oliver and um, the rest of the team. You've got the scene in City Hall where he's talking to uh, Quentin and Renee. They've got all these scenes where he is just being intimidating and really just kind of annoying the room the rest of the team and that is it, it made for some fantastic viewing yeah it, it really did i mean he had some corking lines in there and um i think we, we obviously discussed it last time out um the reveal of chase being prometheus if that kind of made him or broke him as a villain and it, you know it, did, it didn't really do either but i kind of feel this week properly made him as a villain i mean i think Sagara is well just great in the role it just just everything about it really worked this week yeah josh Sagara is terrific he um the only thing i've seen him on previously is a comedic role in sirens the american version and um his character there is so I don't want to say dumb, but sort of uh, oblivious to how co to common sense and sort of basic general knowledge. And he nails it there. But it's such a vastly different performance here in that that is completely lighthearted and innocent. And this is just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just dark and it, it it does feel very sort of Batman-y. Um, I've not seen the Dark Knight trilogy, but it feels like it should be directly in that. Mm, I, I do know what you mean with that. I mean, taking this episode, for example, I think any time he was on screen, he kind of just literally brought the quality of everything up a notch. Um, mm. it's, it's just... Yeah, you know, I've, the show's had its problems last few years, but in the case of Prometheus, I think it, it, it's near impossible to find any fault with what they're doing here. So, you know, fair play that, that every box there is to be ticked. They've um, absolutely, well, they're, they're just nailing it. Yeah, they have. And I think part of that is that so far they've not pulled any punches in terms of how dark they're going. You know, you could do darkness arrow has done darkness before but what we know of what's going on here gets into some really dark territory and you can't sort of half do that you've got to either go all the way or not bother and they are going all the way and it is working very very well yeah definitely um i mean i'd say the fact that they're just going for it is really setting prometheus up to be 
the best villain they've ever done. I mean, I know people kind of draw on Slade. Slade was formidable, but there's a real impressive level of sophistication with what they're doing here. They're just, like I say, they're, they're just going for it, giving it everything, and it's really paying off. Yeah, and I mean, we, we sort of hang on Slade and Manu Bennett as being the best villain the show's had to offer and part of the best run the show's been on. And I've not seen enough, you know, we've got to let this season play out before I'm going to say Prometheus tops that. But I think there is a there's a very big... Um, you, you can look at Slade and, yes, he is so far, still, I maintain, until Prometheus gets to the end of the season, the best villain the show's done. But you're right in saying that Prometheus is far more complex in that Slade was simply going for revenge. It was a more sort of nuanced revenge than just going and killing Oliver. It, it was obviously going and killing the ones he loved, same as Oliver did to him. And and that worked. But with this, it's... Um, I mean, we, we saw an interview uh, during the week of Wendy Miracle saying that Prometheus's main goal is to drive Oliver towards suicide. And you get the sense from this episode, you know, his his line in the hospital, how much more loss do you think you can take? I don't think it's very much. That whole attitude is very much a case of, well, I'm going to try and take more people away from you and maybe you'll kill yourself. They're obviously not going to go to the extent of Oliver killing himself because the show still needs him to be the lead. But the contemplation of going down that alley at least to the point of it becoming a major part of the show is scary, but also entirely enticing. Yeah, <clears throat> I know exactly what you mean. And um, I i mean, after the, the last couple of years, I never thought we'd be at this point with something that's so genuinely compelling. Um, it... <laughs> You know, I, I just basically have good things to say about it, to be honest. And I'm, I'm probably just going to go around in circles mm. if I keep jabbering about it. But it's testament to what they're doing. And um, they, they just seem to have paced it spot on so far. And, you know, with, with the reveal and um, everything out there now, they really pushed it up a notch this week. And you, you do genuinely feel like Chase is 10 steps ahead. I mean, for example... Um, when Orrendy will bring in his wife and you think that perhaps they've got a chance to swing things back here, but Chase ends up killing his own wife. It's just, mm. as we say, they're going for the darkness and it's really paying off. I don't think he was 10 steps ahead in that one. I think Oliver and Diggle had got the best of him there, but he either sort of had a contingency for this or he legitimately doesn't care he he and and that's sort of what makes him so scary so he is genuinely psychopathic enough or is it sociopathic can never remember either way um he he is generally this kind of person that okay he he does love his wife you know i think you can tell that but oliver is more important to him and really he's got no problem killing her if that's what it takes and that's what it took. It's almost horrifying, but it, you're you're right in saying that it was, um, you know, it 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 was very dark and just very telling as to what kind of character he is. 
Yeah, I think I think perhaps looking at it, it, it probably was a contingency because he kind of um, sort of goes with why did you bring her here? In in and that came across very genuine. And then I think she was obviously trying to get him to give himself up. And then I think he was telling her to tell the police. And then basically, when um, when she wasn't biting on that, he decided to kill her. And like you say, it, it really kind of enlightens us into what a villain we've got on our hands here. He just, I, I guess seemingly, he doesn't act, seem to actually have a weakness about him. No, I, I think that's what we can get out of this. I think, you know, when... Um... When she was telling him to go to the police, I knew exactly how it was going to end. I, I just knew. And yet it still didn't prevent that from having such a massive impact and, and me, leaving me thinking, wow, that is that they're actually doing this with him. Um, so that was impressive. But I, yeah, I, I just really loved that whole scene. And I, and I really loved everything with Prometheus. I don't think they made a misstep, which is rare. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I I don't think they have, and it is rare. But it, oh, I think if if you're gonna nail anything this season, then getting the big bad right is simply that is the one to get right. As for a show like this, everything else can kind of feed off of that, and that's that's what we're seeing, um, especially in Oliver, how it's beginning to really affect him. Yeah, and I think that was important as well. That that scene in the uh, the bunker when he just destroys everything, something we've not seen him do in quite a while. We have seen him do it before, but not in quite a while. Um, that was a very nice insight into his psyche right now, and it's something that I don't think, certainly in the last couple of seasons, they wouldn't have done. It, it's something that the episode needed. You know, I think it would have worked just fine if... Uh, you have all the stuff that it had, but it, it adds to the episode. It adds to what they're doing with Prometheus and Oliver. If you've got Oliver here, so clearly beaten, you know, he, he's obviously willing to fight and he's capable of fighting Prometheus still, but he's mentally completely beaten. And it speaks to exactly what the point of Adrian's plan is and, and that it's working is that he is psychologically beating Oliver. I'm actually, and I'm genuinely glad they are going there and kind of exploring it in its real depth. Having having this plan succeed, having Chase win to an extent, brings for some really interesting material um, for them to explore and really push push the show forwards, which which is undoubtedly what they're doing. And I think, um, you know, I think I think with this sort of thing, especially if you give Stephen Amell the um, material, then more often than not, he's gonna pay you back. And um, yeah, I'm just genuinely really interested to see where they take it next. Yeah, so am I. Um, Amell has certainly developed very nicely as the series has gone on, and um, like like I keep saying, all the time they give him this darker stuff to do, that is when he is at his best. And so continue please um but it is interesting as well that they made the decision to go with chase having the upper hand on oliver quite considerably for such a long time and presumably going to continue to have it um now that he's got him captured 
But it's interesting they've gone that way because if you look at the couple of fight scenes that they've had together, it's been this this one was relatively even, but Oliver was probably on the had the upper hand in the fight scene. I I would agree. Yeah, I think he um well he had him on the ropes at the very least, and um I I think the other interesting thing about that fight scene is it did feel as if Oliver was properly letting go and giving everything. You know, it was like proper rage he was throwing at Chase there. It's arguably something in other fight scenes we perhaps haven't seen before. That was really kind of giving in to his darker side, I felt. Which fits in very nicely with this storyline, regardless of how you want to portray uh, Oliver's view and the team's view and what you want the viewers to think about Oliver's darkness. You know, you can either look at it as Oliver needs the darkness, he needs to let it inside of him and not let it consume him, but he needs to channel it and and use it in everything he does as the Green Arrow. Or you can look at it and say, okay, his his darkness and his willingness to just let go of any moral compass, that is helping him here, but it's a very slippery slope and Oliver wanting to stay sane and, and not get completely consumed by the green arrow or whatever it is inside of him that he considers to be um, reprehensible. If you look at it that way, then Prometheus is winning and Oliver needs to work out how to not delve too far into that side in order to survive. It's, it's really fascinating no matter how you look at it. And that sort of uh, complexity is really refreshing for a show that a year ago had a character, Felicity, get out of her wheelchair having been paralysed five seconds before. <laughs> yeah, it is quite the turnaround. I mean, it, if you told me back then that in a year's time I'd be genuinely fascinated, to be honest, with um, the psychology of some of the characters in this and the story they're telling, then... You know, I, w- I would have thought you you're full of crap, to be honest. I mean, you would have you would have laughed for days on end. Yeah, you would have. But um, you know, uh, fair play to them. They they really are delivering, and I think it is a really really interesting battle. It's not it's not as if um, Chase is an unstoppable force physically. It's psychologically. Um, you know, he's the the way he's playing it is almost he's getting Oliver to defeat himself rather than chase having to do it. And obviously that fits in with um, uh, Miracle's comments about driving him towards suicide, but it makes for a really interesting end to the season because as, you know, as long, as long as they make the most of this pace it right, deal with it. Right. Then it's, I mean, you know, on, on the face of it, it does appear really difficult for Oliver to be able to, put a stop to this and turn this around. No, I'd agree. And, you know, he Chase obviously knows that. He knows that he's not going to be able to match Oliver in a fight. He's been, he trained with Talia Thor. She did mention, I think it was, was it three years? Um, he, She'd been training him? Yeah, I think, yeah. that Something like that, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Oliver had five years, it was five years after being um, shipwrecked, what, um, some of that time was spent with Slade Wilson. Some of that time was spent with Talia. And then he's had four and a half years, or four years at the start of the season, as the Green Arrow back in Star City. And 
So he's got sort of nearly 10 years of training. And Adrian is very, very aware of the fact that he knows he's got not going to be able to match that. And although he can obviously put up a fight, he can hold his own to an extent. The only way he is going to beat him is psychologically. And so, like you said, you get that where Oliver is destroying himself because of what Chase sets up and how he gets in his mind. Hence, you get something like the mid-season finale where he kills Billy. He's 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 um, uh, roped into accidentally killing Billy. And that, I think, is just wonderful storytelling. Yeah, it... it... It truly is, and it, it it perhaps sounds harsh on the writers, but at the same time, it's kind of a very backhanded compliment. But it's it's a level above what I thought they were capable of. Yeah, no, I I don't think that is unfair at all. I think we sat through season and a half, two seasons of really bad TV, and we we sort of had this idea that. Okay, even if season five can improve, it's not not a high bar and doesn't really say a whole lot. But what they're doing here is is ridiculous. It it's almost abnormal to see such a turnaround. If you look at last year, particularly the sort of the la- the later run, the last nine ten episodes, and how on reflection, how childish they seem, and how sort of adult and dark and and gritty. All of this is. Mm, it, you're spot on. I mean, um, the, the contrast is huge. And I think with episodes like this and the material they've got, if, if they make the most of it, then that golf is only going to grow all the more. And why not make the most of it? They've got some wonderful material here. They've set it up perfectly. Go for it. Just, just go for it. And for the first time in a long time, even after the mid-season finale, I wasn't as convinced as I was, as I am now, that we're going to get something truly great out of this. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I think um, it, it, we we had that lull after the mid-season finale, which often happens, yeah. but it, it just it, it just hadn't. It needed that episode to kind of step it up a notch, and um, thankfully we've got it here, and it's opened up really nicely so and you know if they capitalize then we well we can have a good end to the season yeah that was the concern i had after uh what we leave behind was we've got that lull i know to expect it it just the show needs to be able to pick back up after that and last last week well two weeks ago um episode 15 we thought was going to be the real um the real turning point and what the season relied on and in fact, it ended up being this episode to sort of kick it into high gear. And you know what? No problem. No problem if it wasn't 15, it's 16. We, we are going full steam ahead. And I am very excited. So am I. And, um, you know, I, I genuinely never thought I'd be excited about Harry again, really, <laughs> after the last few years. So, um, yeah, this is a good place to be. Yeah, that is a fair comment. Um, I am the same. Uh, so, I'm kind of sticking with Chase, but um, pivoting a little bit. We obviously had Susan Williams was still uh, under his grasp, still being ca- held uh, hostage by him. And 
So most of all of most of all of the actions in the episode were obviously to try and get her back. How did you feel about the way that storyline played out? I mean, I think when when we kind of talk of missteps, I think <laughs> the the Oliver and Susan thing doesn't quite work because I think they've had to kind of make make some leaps really in the writing to kind of build it up as a bigger relationship than it's really seemed but if if i'm looking at it in the contact context of this episode i i thought it was all right to be honest i think um it's understandable she's kind of used as a pawn here um to get at oliver and yeah i i, I think i've I've, fe- I've certainly found the conclusion to it pretty satisfying but um chase basically just let oliver have her in the end you know it wasn't it wasn't kind of built up as the big kind of end game to all this, which which I think was um, the the right decision to take there. It kind of allowed the episode to branch out and um, be even stronger. Whereas I think if Saving Susan had been the big, big thing here, then it would have been a bit more run of the mill, perhaps, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, I You know, he, he did let, her, let uh, Oliver have her at the end. But I think that whole plan was obviously predicated on the fact that Oliver's going to come to the building, rescue her, um, and he's going to take him hostage. And obviously that's exactly what happened um, once Talia got involved. But yeah, I think if you ignore all of the missteps, and, and that's that's sort of a, a criticism, isn't it? That it, If I say, if you ignore all of the sort of build-up to Oliver and Susan's relationship then this episode has no problems. That's clearly quite critical. But I, I think if you take out the, you know, Oliver did admit in this episode, he, he doesn't know what he was thinking, getting involved with her. Yes, we have been thinking that all season, Oliver. Well done for finally catching on. Um, and, and obviously Chase had the, the line, well, he, he had many lines of the hour, but one of the best was... Uh, his comment are you two together i i can't i can't keep track anymore <laughs> um which was perfect but certainly from the standpoint of oliver just going to save someone who's in danger not necessarily someone he's romantically involved in but someone who's in danger i thought that it worked quite well yeah and i think really if if you get a good episode like this one then you can kind of excuse any mishaps that have kind of brought you to this point really as the episode kind of um obviously just well if the episode's good you just you just kind of don't worry yeah i mean i kind of don't want to go down that route because mm, it's not not a great route to go down but certainly no. I, i'm less i've i've got fewer problems with susan and oliver and and, and how this episode dealt with that because of the fact that it wasn't about necess- necessarily about their relationship. It was much more about Oliver and Prometheus, and that's what it should be, because Susan is not a great character, and I don't care about her in the slightest. So doing the things with the characters that I care about more and the storylines that make a lot more sense and are much more well told, that is fine by me. Yeah, fine by me as well. Um, and I, I did... In fairness, I did like one particular scene she was in, which was 
the final one back at the police precinct uh, after Oliver's been taken hostage and Adrian comes in and I think that's also the scene where he's like, oh, no, don't don't yell at me. I'm in mourning. Um, but when Susan and Quentin are trying to take the high ground and saying that, oh, they're going to, you know, her testimony is going to put him in prison for the rest of his life. Well, if you do that, then I will send Oliver back to you in pieces. And it's just, uh, he, you know, not to go too much on the episode, the title of the episode, but he has Team Arrow in checkmate. Yeah, he he really does. Um, yeah, that they generally don't actually have any wiggle room at that point. No, they don't. And obviously, trying to find Oliver will be difficult because Adrian's thought, well, he's ten steps ahead, but. It's very hard to see exactly what Team Arrow can do here when Adrian has thought this out so well and has so many backups and sort of safety nets in place that they are just completely tied up. Indeed, they probably on the right see holds all the aces. So, um, yeah, it it really is his move. I. I guess awful little chess pun there, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you you switched the analogy from chess to cards, so I, I I'll use that as an excuse. And you <laughs> know, in, in all honesty, it, that it completely wasn't purposeful either. So um, that's fine. I, I, yeah, I'll let myself off the hook. Yeah, I think you should. Um, uh, let's talk about Talia quickly. So we knew from the casting notice and just our sort of basic awareness of that family in the comics that she was going to be Talia al Ghul. Oliver did not know this and um, it made for a rather fun reveal in the opening scene. Yeah, it was, um, as I said, it was a good way to begin the episode and um, that, yeah, that scene was a lot of fun. Um, and having seen the Dark Knight Rises, we are kind of straying into that territory here. But um, that, nonetheless, I think um, I, I think it's good to see that they're using Talia um, in a bit more depth here. Because I think really in the flashbacks, there's not a lot they can do with her. But um, it's kind of kind of cool to bring her forwards and r- really. I guess begin to connect the two. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, she's got as a character, she's got a lot of potential. Um, and sort of leaving her in the flashbacks to train Oliver is kind of a waste. Um, but tying her in here, obviously, as well, we know her character. We know that she is the daughter of Ra's al Ghul. It makes a lot of sense that she would be annoyed that Oliver killed her father, even if she and he were estranged. And she didn't particularly like him. He still killed his, her father, so it's understandable not only that he wouldn't, she wouldn't have told Oliver that she trained Adrian in order to go after him, but also that she'd be able to help him. She she'd be open to helping him take down Oliver. That that it makes sense. Yeah, it, it does, and I I think that's a good thing here. It doesn't feel like a reach or just thrown in there. It, it feels natural. It feels earned, and um, yeah, I think it's another useful, useful addition to what's proven to be a very good story in the present day. 
And it adds more meaning, doesn't it? This whole this whole thing with Chase is sort of based on the fact that Oliver killed his father, and um, you know it, it's almost uh, Oliver. You're not, you know, you you have no regard for your actions and who they hurt. Uh, like Deagle said in the um, in the flashback from the mid season finale, you know, one day this is going to come back and and haunt you, or words to that effect. And so yes, um, Razogul needed to die. Justin Claiborne maybe needed to die. Oliver, the new Oliver would probably not have killed him, but by all of the standards back then, he was a killing machine, and really, Star City, or Starling City as it was then, probably wasn't going to miss Justin Claiborne um, hurting the poor by um, introducing, was it meningitis, I think it was? Um you know, Starling City is not going to lose out by him being killed. At the same time, Adrian is, Talia is, from him killing their fathers. And, you know, like, we, like we've sort of been saying, or alluding to at least, this whole season is personal. It, it's all about these personal conflicts. It's not, hopefully, going to be about a big battle at the end of the season in Star City. It's all very simplistic and base level this is between oliver and adrian and so why not bring in tyler why not add this extra personal conflict for oliver to continue to have weighing on his conscience why, why not it, it's perfect spot on spot on um it it really is and i, I think even um you know just just from that opening scene it it did feel when that reveal came and um obviously at the end of the episode as well um when she popped up again it, it it does actually carry some weight with it it does does feel meaningful it does feel like it matters and it does feel like it affects oliver would you agree with the fact that in two scenes of an episode here they've added more meaning to Ra's al Ghul than the entirety of season three did yeah absolutely <laughs> that's I, I was gonna say that's impressive it's kind of sad to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, well, if I kind of recall us actually having a conversation about season three, saying that they did have all the ideas in there, but they just didn't execute them well enough. Season four was obviously a train wreck, but yeah, you know, it it at least they're kind of rectifying these things better late than never. Well, yeah, exactly. And we're getting some great stuff out of it. It's not even just rectifying it. It is, mm. it is bringing some excellent storytelling to Arrow. Yeah. So I'm appreciative. Yep, same here. Uh, so Felicity went to join Helix. And we debated last well, last podcast about what she'd have to do for Helix in order to continue working for them. Um, we We were kind of wrong in saying that she'd just have to go and work for them full-time or help them out or whatever. It's interesting to see that she basically just had to hack into uh, the U was it the US drones um, and give Helix access to that because they were incapable because obviously Felicity is a much better hacker than all of them. Um, yeah, that, that was interesting. I, I don't think it... Well... 
I don't know. See what see what you think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't I can't really say I've had enormous problems with it, but I think that whole storyline just lacks the kind of drive and direction that the other stuff did in this episode. And I guess I guess also it it kind of um, yeah it, it it sort of lacks a bit of the sophistication as well. Um, I wouldn't say it kind of was jarring per se between the two, but it was definitely the weaker part of the episode. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't, I, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with saying it doesn't have a direction. I, I think it maybe doesn't have a discernible direction in that I don't quite know where this ends up. But in the same way, I don't really know how Arrow's going to end up with the Prometheus storyline. So I'm, I'm okay with that. But I would say that in comparison, at least, I was as as much as I enjoy what they're doing with Felicity here, and I appreciate them trying to give her a storyline that isn't to do with Oliver or Ray Palmer or whoever, um, and and going dark with her, completely understandably so. I I appreciate that they're doing that, and I think that they're doing that well. It's not up to the standard of Oliver and Chase, and so sort of by default. I was wanting to get back to that this episode whenever we cut to Felicity, but I don't think they did her a disservice. I don't think that they did the episode a disservice by including those scenes. Um, they just had a very high bar to cross. Yeah, I, I'd say that's fair. Um, and I guess, guess arguably it made, made the other stuff all the more effective, really, as I think it... I guess it kind of helped to pace the episode a bit, um, you know. Whereas I think if if you'd gone the whole episode with the kind of Prometheus stuff, then um, this it, if it all kind of blended into one, it may not have quite packed the same punch. Whereas this way, um, the episode could kind of be paced. Um, the scene the scenes kind of come together quite nicely and. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it. I think it was necessary to do that, and as we've said many times, it's it's very good to see Felicity getting her own storyline. And um, I, I think I think you are fair in saying with um, you know the whereas perhaps that the direction isn't clear, that there is a direction to it because you know presumably they are going to take it somewhere and. Um, you know, I mean, there hasn't been any great flaw of it, to be fair. So, um, you know, we'll just see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I would say the fact that she, the fact that she's not really um, being open about this to the rest of the team, apart from Curtis. Well, OK, let me clarify. The fact that she's not really being open about this to Oliver is kind of frustrating. Uh, that's my one criticism. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that because um, it, it's kind of difficult to really see why she would keep it a secret. I mean... I can see why she would keep it a secret, but I still don't like it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, that secrets on this show never tend to be all that all that well done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can, under, no, I can understand why she wouldn't want... Um, 
Oliver to sort of berate her for doing this. Um, you know, we had that conversation back in episode 12 where she and Diggle were going to these dark places and in order to find the information that they needed. It, you know, Oliver is the one to take that and he thinks that those two should try and remain as keep their head above water as much as they can. And so in order to avoid another lecture that Oliver probably isn't going to be in the right state of mind to give, given all the Adrian Chase stuff, I think that's fair. At the same time, like you said, we've seen secrets on this show before. It does not work at all. And so I kind of wish that they would just bite the bullet and say, hey, Oliver, Felicity's doing this. Judge if you want, but please just know about this because I fear... I I don't genuinely think we are going to get to this point, but I do fear that we're going to get to another, oh, you kept a secret from me. You shouldn't have done that type situation. And we all know, we both know how those go. Yeah. And I, I think it do what's shaping up to be a strong season, a disservice. I think it, it it's better than that really. So um, hopefully they do stay clear of it. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, Felicity's storyline is fine, I, I think. Um, it, it's refreshing to see her doing something like this. Um, and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's fair, yeah. Um, just to jump back to Chase quickly, because there was some something pretty substantial we, we skipped over, which was um, Captain Pike. We probably will not be seeing him much more again. No, no, <laughs> you'd, you'd imagine not. Chase is kind of... Um taking him out of things for the time being how resourceful and knowledgeable and i guess how many places does he have bugged to have known instantaneously that oliver told pike that adrian was prometheus to then stab him in the alley the next time he left the building yeah it's it's impressive going really um i i get i guess you could you could argue maybe it's just um he he know he's kind of grown to know Oliver that well that he can kind of read what he's gonna do next. But but yeah, it, it is impressive. He seems but he, he just seems capable of being everywhere. Yeah, maybe he has a clone. Oh, you never know. That would be terrible. It would, it would. <laughs> the sophistication and psychological edge here we've got going to then throw a clone in in there. <laughs> Would really do it a disservice, really. I'm sorry I ever suggested it. it, it it's all right. We can move faster. Um, but yeah, uh, so Pike is in the hospital in a coma. Um, and I, I really love that scene where Oliver walks in and Chase is there. And then he, he reminds him of Tommy, his mother, Shadow, Laurel, and now Pike. Um, all dead because of him. That was just... I, I, it's not often that Arrow can make me sort of react, not in disbelief or shock, but sort of along those lines at what's at something that's just happened. And that line was a real jaw dropper. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. And um, I think Sagara's delivery there as well was top notch. He kind of just, he, he kind of just has this ability to. He can kind of uh, nail the one-liners and the kind of witty stuff, and then he's also got 
got a knack of just being able to throw the darkness on top of something and um yeah that 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 whole line just well it's impressive which is exactly what we need from a villain yes very much so so yeah full full props again to josh agara um but yeah poor poor pike oh well yeah i might say i mean um I, I suspect he he wouldn't be popping up again this season. What's more dangerous at this point, being a random citizen in Star City or being a police officer? Um, it's it's neck and neck, really. I mean, <laughs> especially around May, but hopefully they stay clear of that, as we've said. And especially in that alley behind the police precinct. Yes. <laughs> if you if you ever want to live, do not walk in that alley. Everyone who goes in that alley dies. Yeah, is it? Yeah, because isn't that way back in um, the first episode of the season? Wasn't that where Prometheus claimed his f- first victim? Yes. Yep. There we go. Yeah. So, I mean, this one was a lot more um, not subtle, but casual in his uh, hood. Just, just random hood, and like a random street thug. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just um, it's it's sort of a weird thing to say, but it's nice to see a villain kind of genuinely winning here. I mean, I think in the past we've had the villains gaining up a hand, but uh, and you know, you kind of for a few episodes it seems um it seemed pretty bleak but it it just it feels genuinely different this time this is basically the first 20 minutes of city of blood when oliver was contemplating giving himself up to slade this is just that elongated into multiple episodes (laughs) yeah yeah it it probably is i love it yeah it's it's great i mean obviously um it'll it draws to an end at some point, but for, for now, the, the the more we get of this stuff, the better. Don't say that. It ne- this is never going to end. This is going to be how good the show is going to be for the rest of eternity. <laughs> um, uh, flashbacks. So let's get, let's skip over the actual content for a second because there were two particular lines from Anatoly that were just magnificent. The first: Why are you playing Robin Hood? The question that everyone has been wondering, I think, um, for the, for a long time. And then the other question that people have been wondering for a long time. What is this thing you're doing with your voice? <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it, whoever gets to write Anatoly's lines on a week-by-week basis just must have one of the best jobs on the show. Or conversely, one of the worst, because... Presumably, you can you can't write just those two, or like last week's. Um, uh, I did not want to die in hospital basement. You can't just write those and then not have others, and you you'd have to cut some others. Clearly, that that would be the most depressing thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is true. Actually, um, I I'm pretty sure we discussed this last time out, but they they really should just release a book of Anatoly quotes. Yeah, I, I believe you suggested a DVD instead of the season 4 DVD. Okay, yeah, that, that was it. That, 
yeah, I, I would buy that. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, Saturday. But um, yeah, he, he was, as always, a lot of fun. And story-wise, they decided they were going to try and take down Gregor at the uh, the ice rink where he was um, not operating out of, but sort of keeping low. Um, he, was, he was staying there. Uh, it, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's pretty much all all my thought is on the flashbacks this week. It, it they were fine. Um, I think obviously the real meaty stuff was going on in the present day, and um, <laughs> even though the other stuff in the episode was fine, I was just kind of impatient to get back to the Prometheus stuff. Really, yeah, same here. Um, that being said, I you know I wasn't averse to. Uh, the flashback stuff. It's just, again, it's hard to compete. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to say it. That being said, um, Gregor telling Oliver just moments in the episode after Chaser told him, if you kill me, you'll only really be killing yourself, made me roll my eyes so hard. Yeah. Um, uh, we've we've gone through this really, the... the... It, the same line popping up in the present in the flashback, it it doesn't it it rarely works and it it's way too obvious when it happens. Yeah, that wasn't even subtle. No, no, it really like, wasn't. Even by this show standards of not being subtle, that was not subtle. <laughs> but um, yeah. Other than that, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah I, I think it is. Just all in all, very strong episode. Um, and the foundations are set for a lot of fun next week, hopefully. One final thing. Oliver issued a shoot-to-kill order on the Green Arrow. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Shoot on sight. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that clip prior to the episode and was completely baffled by it. And at least when I saw it, there was some context in the episode, but all the same. I, yeah, I, I, I still struggle to get what he was thinking there. It, it was pretty extreme. You kind of think he could have found some sort of middle ground there. On a short-term basis, it makes a lot of sense. And I think... I, I particularly love that in context. Obviously, I'd seen it beforehand as well, um, and I was similarly sceptical. But in context, it made a lot of sense, and um, sort of just seeing Chase not really sure whether that's a good thing for him or a bad thing, I really loved. But looking ahead, obviously, we know that eventually Oliver will beat Adrian. How can Oliver operate if the SCPD think he's a cop-killing criminal. I mean, that goes without saying. That's That was redundant. But, um, you know, to, to, they've got the order to shoot on sight. Um, like, like how does he operate? Honestly, the only answer I have is to probably out himself as the Green Arrow. But then he's outing Oliver Queen as, the green, as, as a cop-killer. And... Yes, he could say, "Oh well, I, you know, I was, I, I was um, 
I didn't want to kill Billy. I was forced into doing that by Prometheus or, or taunted into doing it. Um, but they're still going to look at him as the guy who killed their colleague. Wow. There, there, there is no way out of this, I fear. I fear. Well, I, I, I guess kind of looking back at this um, last few seasons, the, the other solution is fake his death as a green arrow and then come back as another hooded vigilante. Wearing a slightly different shade of green, slightly different arms, maybe speaking in a slightly lower tone of voice, and oh, it's a different person, clearly. Yep. <laughs> the people of Star City are really stupid. Yeah, they, they really are. I mean, the, the fact nobody moves after <laughs> six seconds. City destroying attacks is evidence enough. Yep, Earthquake bunch of um, super soldiers, a virus, and then whatever last season was, and yet they still live there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The people of Star City are not intelligent, and I don't even think Arrow is even... I don't think Arrow is even trying to pretend that they are anymore. Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean it. It that that's one fight to just let go. Yeah, I I have. I well, I kind of have. It it come it keeps coming and going. Um, so let's look ahead to next week. Um, the title of the episode, and I'm probably going to get this very wrong at some point, even if it's not now. But, uh, Capiushon. I, I you know I I don't know exactly how to say that. It, it's right. rough. I, I think that's as good a good attempt as any. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll go through the press release of this episode. The breaking point. Prometheus goes to great lengths to break Oliver. Meanwhile, in the flashbacks, Anatoly becomes worried about Oliver's increasingly violent tendencies, which come to a head in a brutal confrontation. So this is going to be the flashback-heavy episode, um, which we did not get last year, but we obviously had in the previous three seasons. Um, I think we were debating a few weeks ago about how they were going to do a flashback episode um, in terms of what they were going to do in the present day to sideline that enough to be able to spend more time in the, in the flashbacks. Uh, having Adrian have Oliver kept hostage, kept captive, and by the press release, um, essentially going to torture him and, and try and break him, I think that's a very good strategy mm, i think um there's there's more than enough material there to sustain the present day stuff while obviously being able to give some focus to the flashbacks in them yeah I, i'm looking forward to it i think there's potentially some decent stuff there now that being said i think we're both in agreement that looking at where we are in sort of with this episode looking at um, what we know about next week and you know, from what we've seen from the the promo and this content, and what we, we what we can expect from this kind of storyline, is that the contemplation of having flashbacks to break this up kind of diminishes my expectations. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do know what you mean with that. I, I just want forty minutes of that of, of Oliver and Prometheus. I would watch that. So would so, I. I think there's. <laughs> Well, I think, um, as I said, uh, Josh Segarra has been fantastic, and I think 
when Stephen Amell's shown when he's given the material, he he knocks it out of the park as well. So if you've got those two kind of just going back and forth all episode, it well, it'd be great. It would. It would. That being said, uh, this obviously has, does have flashbacks in it. Um, and looking at what this press release says about Oliver having his increasingly violent tendencies and then coming to a head, I think it could reflect nicely on what happens in the present day. Yeah, um, so do I. I think there's real potential there for the the two to mesh together quite nicely. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, and of course, it's always nice to see Anatoly. So, yeah, yeah. That, as we've said many a time, the more the more Anatoly, the better, basically. Hmm. But yeah, I think obviously uh, the press releases we know the last couple of weeks have been much shorter than usual, much less detailed. But if this is ninety-five percent of the episode, let's say, then we could be in for a really great episode. Yeah, we are, I, we we really could. I think there's some really really promising material there, and um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think obviously everything they've done so far shows that they are making the most of it. So um, fingers crossed uh, next week's going to be no different. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I think that's, I think we're done there. Yeah, I, I think we are just, well, I'd say we're in a good place with Arrow at the moment. So um, long may it continue. Indeed. Let's, um, let's not implode, please. Yeah, no, that's definitely not. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast, and we will see you next week.